0: Circa 1820, she ran a fossil store, she put the bones together for the cavalators, and science was the province of men of noble birth, but I take Mary and the other, they start for sure. Hey everybody, welcome back to the tall Pod, your women in science history podcast. I'm Dr. Emma Dilemma, and for better or worse, (laughs) um, maybe it just depends on your preferences, it's just me again this week, Dr. Emlyn Gremlin, still out there on an island teaching youngins about ecology, but she should be back next episode with an amazing story about another amazing woman in STEM. But for today's podcast, I'm going to do another short story or medium short, maybe we'll see how it goes. And given the current state of panic regarding COVID-19, AKA the new deadly coronavirus, I decided to look for a historical woman in virology. And there were actually tons of historical women in virology, but I got really excited because I found a woman who did early research and imaging on coronaviruses. And so today I'm gonna tell you all about June Almeida who became world renowned for her abilities to photograph and describe viruses in the 1960s and 70s, such that many of her photographs are still used in textbooks today. So let's get started. June Hart was born in 1930 in Glasgow, Scotland. Her father was a bus driver and she grew up living in a tenement flat. She attended school until she was 16 when the family could no longer afford to keep her in school. So to make some money, she started working nearby in a hospital as a lab technician. At this lab, she did histopathology, which is where you basically look at tissues under a microscope to diagnose or study a disease. After five or so years in this position, she met a Venezuelan artist, Enriquez Almeida. Oh, there's a cat. (laughs) Uh, My kitty just came to say hi that she got scared. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so she met Enriquez Almeida, and they married and relocated to Toronto, Canada, where she was lucky because at that time, the Ontario Cancer Institute was hiring an electron microscopy technician. So although she did not have a higher degree, she published a lot and was thus very quickly promoted within the Institute because of her unmatched abilities at determining new techniques for imaging viruses. For example, she figured out how to apply negative staining to cells collected from skin lesions. So that's basically you stain the background fluid or tissue so that any unstained particles mixed into that will sort of light up in contrast. And she used this negative staining to image multiple viruses, including herpes viruses, pox viruses, and wart viruses, which all... Are different viruses that cause different types of skin lesions but at the time they didn't know what viruses were causing specific skin lesions and if there were different viruses so this imaging of these viruses was really crucial to their study and detection since they couldn't use DNA analysis at that time to identify viruses so they had to describe them based on their appearance and whether or not they look similar or different to other viruses. And so basically, after she figured out how to image viruses, researchers were able to say, hey, this lesion type is typically caused by the varicella virus. And this similar lesion type is caused by the herpes simplex virus. And those two viruses don't look very similar, even though they both cause skin lesions. So we'll say they're actually different diseases or viruses even though they cause skin lesions. And for this work, she eventually received a Doctor of Science, despite never having pursued higher education, which is really incredible. After gaining a name for herself in the field, she was invited by a British professor, Anthony Watterson, to work in his lab in London, where she continued her viral imaging work. There, she and another researcher, David Tyrell, who was the then director of the Common and Cold Research Center, pioneered the field of immune electron microscopy. So electron microscopy had been around for quite a while. Electrons have really short wavelengths, so the resolution of electron microscopes is much better than normal light microscopes, thus making it possible to see details of different viral particles, which are really, really tiny, of course immune electron microscopy is a electron microscopy technique where antibodies or the proteins our bodies make that help us fight off diseases are either already present in a disease culture like trying to fight off a virus because say a patient's immune system has produced a bunch of them or they're added to a culture so that the viral particles in that culture clump together Near the antibodies, thus making them a lot easier to locate and visualize on a slide under electron microscopy. So, June and David worked together to culture antibodies and then locate and visualize numerous viruses, including viruses that were difficult to identify or describe previously because they were so hard to culture. Now, they could put in a bunch of antibodies that they had raised in the lab and get all of those viruses to clump together so that they could really see what the virus looks like. So using this technique, they were the first to ever visualize the rubella virus and numerous cold viruses, and they discovered a new series of virus, the coronaviruses, which cause respiratory infections similar to other colds or flus which maybe y'all know this already, but coronaviruses are named as such because under electron microscopy, the proteins on the surface of the virus make it look like it has a little halo around it. So the virus is circular and it has these little proteins sticking out that look like a halo or a wreath. And corona is Latin for garland, wreath, halo, it can be roughly translated to. So that's where the name coronavirus comes from. Now, I don't think June and David named them. I would guess someone else did years later after researchers had discovered more and more types of coronavirus that all have this this halo. But they were part of the effort to take those first images of coronaviruses, which is really crazy. Another remarkable discovery of theirs was that hepatitis B had two distinct components an outer lipid envelope surrounding an inner protein core, which then surrounds the genome and probably some other small parts. But some viruses or a lot of viruses just have a protein casing surrounding the genome. So to find that hepatitis B had this lipid membrane and the protein casing was very important for the study of viruses and for later discoveries of how to treat certain viruses. June also taught other researchers her techniques for visualizing viruses. First, she published quite a few manuals throughout her whole career for researchers to use, but she also personally trained quite a few influential scientists. For instance, for six months, she trained researcher Albert Kapikian from the NIH in America on how to use immune electron microscopy, after which he used the technique to determine that A group of small, round viruses were the causative agent of gastroenteritis in patients in the U.S., which is, you know, stomach, like, yeah, stomach flu, basically. And this included a virus, which maybe you've heard of, that's now known as norovirus. And her technique allowed him and other researchers at NIH to eventually describe the hepatitis A virus for the first time ever so her techniques in general really allowed the field of viral taxonomy to blossom and until molecular techniques were well developed her techniques were necessary for diagnosis and description of viruses eventually she transitioned to working on diagnostic assays and vaccines at the welcome laboratory in britain and in 1985 she retired and became a yoga teacher and she got into China restoration and started a small antique business, which is like, wow, what a crazy late in life career transition. But, you know, she, she earned it. She worked really hard. And um, I guess it was just time for something different. But she still worked a lot as an advisor to other virologists and was instrumental in helping to publish the first electron micrographs of hiv in the late 1980s she had remarried actually in 1979 to the virologist philip gardner who some of you may know was the pioneer of fluorescent antibody viral diagnostics so a real power couple in virology there and when he co-ran the antiques business later Um, with her in their retirement. I also know that she had at least one daughter with her first husband because that daughter wrote the article that has provided so much information for this podcast right now, and which I'll attach a link to, of course, in the description for the pod. But anyway, in general, June Almeida or June Hart was a really incredible woman who changed the field of virology. And... Yeah, I just thought everybody should know a little bit more about her. I'll try to add some pictures of her work to our posts on Twitter tomorrow, but you can sort of search for them yourself, though some of them are a little difficult to find. But that's our mini episode for the week or a short story for the week. Like I said, we should hopefully be back to our normal long form episodes next week. And thank you all for listening. We want to thank Caitlin Friesen for art and Artichoke for our theme music. And please share this podcast. Hey, maybe people will be really interested in learning about some of the first researchers on coronaviruses. I don't know. Share it widely. And rate, review, subscribe if you have a minute. Thanks. And as usual, go stimulate yourself. Bye.